man alive. My goodness. Woo. I'm telling you. Goodness. Amen. All right. Well, it's been a great meeting, but all good things must come to an end. Amen. Second Timothy tonight. Second Timothy, and I want to leave plenty of time for the next preacher and uh, try to preach what the Lord has laid on my heart. And uh, I do appreciate the hospitality and appreciate Brother Ricky Gravely. Uh, it's hard not to love Brother Ricky. I mean, it really is. I. Uh, I appreciate his friendship over the years. I may mention that some in the message here. Um, and I appreciate the Lord's goodness. I do appreciate Bible Baptist Church and uh, all of their labors uh, over the years. And uh, I want to take this opportunity to, uh, to, to thank the preachers in here in this building that, uh, that used us when we was in vandalism. And uh, we thank the Lord for you. Uh, amen. I appreciate you. I thank most of the people felt sorry for me, but my wife and children could sing, and so they just kind of had us in there because they felt that I was the driver, I guess. And uh, so I want to thank the men that are here. Some of you I hadn't seen in quite a long time, and I'm thankful for you. Uh, but I appreciate these men that's uh, that's on the podium. Thank you. I appreciate these men that's on the podium with me tonight. Uh, men that I have uh, leaned on, and uh, men that I have confidence in. I'm thankful for the preaching that we've been able to hear. Uh, there's a gentleman, we talked to him a while ago, and he said, this is my first time here. He said, man, we've had a great meeting, had a great time. And I said, buddy, you wait Thursday night, we get the snakes out. Huh? Are you talking about? <laughs> so if it's your first time here, you just hang around about Thursday night, amen. There'll be twice as many doors in this building by the end of Thursday night services as it was in there now. Oh, we don't get snakes out, amen. We might drink a little strychnine every now and then, but there won't be any snakes out, okay? Amen. I'm just trying to settle down, all right? I'm just trying to settle down. I'm so nervous I could thread a sewing machine that running. My hands are shaking. And uh, so I, I need the touch of God uh, tonight, amen. I, I tell you what, you know, uh, just the testifying and just the atmosphere uh, is, uh, is just unbelievable. And I bless the Lord for that. All right, let's stand. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. And begin reading in verse number one. I won't say this. I've looked across the congregation, and we've got some folk here from Concord. And I sure do love y'all and appreciate you and thank God for you. And uh, thank God for uh, just good people. Amen. And uh, I bless the Lord for the saints of God. Second Timothy in chapter number one. Begin reading in verse number one. The Bible said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. That's what we've seen the man of God do tonight. Brother Grabley is trying to stir up the gift. I thought if you're called to preach, you might be too scared to preach. I mean, as far as front of a bunch of people, but if you're called to preach, something on the inside of you said amen when, when he was doing what he was doing. 
Verse 8 said, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But it's now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. I'm gonna say something. If you've never been anointed, you have never been appointed. I'm telling you, here's what God does. God does this with a man. We understand we're not worthy of it. But Paul said, I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. He said, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Thank you. You can be seated. I want to preach a little bit tonight about the impact of influence. The impact of influence. Now, you know, there are people now, and I didn't realize this, and this is what happens when you live in the house with teenagers and young adults, then uh, you hear people talk about things. And I, I didn't realize that there are actually people who are called influencers that are actually called influencers because of something that they might post on a social media. And uh, some people that have this have built a reputation on being experts at a particular field. And there are people who have, I didn't realize this, there are even categories of influence. There's macro influencers and micro influencers and nano influencers, whatever that is. There's a category for that. And most of them are celebrities and movie stars and sports people and musicians and even reality television stars. Uh, they're even bloggers who uh, teach you how to blog more to influence you. I'll say this tonight. Uh, I don't need the blogger when I've got a Bible. Why in the world do I want to listen to somebody that does not know God to get leadership from them? Amen. They give you leadership. They talk about money and health and child rearing and music and other topics. I want to say this tonight. I thank God for the music, Brother Ricky, that we have heard these days. Amen. I've understood everything that they have said. Amen. I didn't hear nobody. You I ain't heard none of that around here. Amen. I mean, I've heard, I've understood exactly what they were singing about because they knew who they were singing about, amen? Thank God for all, I like the old time way. I'm feeling a little better right now, amen? I love the old time way. I'm addicted to it, just like a drunk is to alcohol, just like a dope head is to pot. I'm addicted to old fashioned, Bible believe, devil killing, amen? I'm talking about sin, stomping, Jordan wide, heaven sent, Holy Ghost, old time way, amen? Because it is the right way. But my question is tonight, who is influencing you and who are you influencing, amen? Who are you influencing? Because that lays a responsibility on every one of us tonight, amen? Who's persuading you? Who is affecting you? Is your Facebook preacher affecting you? Is he, is he giving you what you need, amen? I mean, you think about this. I'd hate to know that I would listen to somebody, and let me say something tonight, amen? This is not in the notes, but it's in my heart. I'm not recovering from anything, amen? 
I'm not recovering from nothing, amen. Thank God I'm glad I've got something that the world couldn't give me, that the devil tried to take away from me. Thank God this is the right way, amen. I, I want to be influenced by the right kind of people. I thank God, listen, for the preaching that we've heard these days that will influence us to make a decision uh, to go on with God. Who's persuading you? Who are you listening to? Because I promise you, who you listening to, uh, before you know it, they're gonna be affecting your life. I believe people just listen to the wrong people. Thank God, get in your Bible. See what God says about it in his word and let the word of God, amen, influence your life. Romans 16 and verse 17 said, now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. For that they which do such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come abroad unto me. He said, I'm glad therefore on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Amen. If you listen to the wrong person long enough, uh, listen, you'll be influenced by them. Thank God, listen, your godly parents are to be influencing you. Your man of God ought to be influencing you. Thank God for the influences that I've had in my life. Brother Doug, I see you out there. I thank God for Brother Larry Rains. I thank God for Brother Sammy Allen. I thank God for the men of God that God put in my life. That wasn't afraid to tell it like it is. That wasn't afraid to preach against my sin. That wasn't be afraid, praise God, to eat about a half a bag of 16 penny nails, chase it with some diesel fuel, shut their hand in the car door about five times and get up and preach a devil out of all of us, amen. Do we really need that we need less and less preaching against sin? I mean, you got people now that say sin is bad and they'll even talk about it an hour after church. Boy, I tell you what, preacher, he really did nail her down because he got up and said sin is bad, amen. I mean, listen, we need to be influenced. Hey, if this is your first time, praise God, come back, amen. I mean, listen, it don't matter. Tell twice as many people to come because I don't have to pay for the motel rooms. It don't matter, amen. Just tell everybody to come, all right? I'm just telling you, your favorite preacher ought to influence you. I told Brother Falour this, and, and I tell you what, I've just about got Brother, between, between Brother Cooper and Brother Falour, I've about got their message. You can't preach their messages because everybody listens to them all the time, you know? And my daughter, you know, I, I said, well, your favorite preacher like preached last night? And I told about Brother Falour, and, and I, well, I shouldn't have said that, Hannah. Lord, honey, forgive me. All right, I love you. Praise God, you're beautiful just like your mama, all right? And, uh, she, and I said, your favorite preacher? She said, well, I don't know if I can have one no more. Uh, you get Brother Fuller's message, you'll know why, amen. He's talking about John the Baptist decreasing and Jesus increasing. But I appreciate the fact that my children want to hear preaching, amen. I appreciate the fact that this meeting is built on preaching. Thank God for good singing. Thank the Lord for that. But there will nothing ever take the place, as the preacher said, of preaching, amen. Preach the word, tell it like it is. The word preach means to herald as a public crier. Praise God, I tell you, if God's put a preacher inside of a preacher, you ought to get up, amen, just like you're swatting a bunch of, a swarm of bees, amen, just like your head's on fire, praise God, preach, amen. I'm just telling you, that is what got us in. That's what should be influencing us today. Hey, listen, I don't know how far I'm gonna get in the message, all right, but I'm glad we're here, there's still, there's still a pulpit in here. Praise God. I don't know what a colony, I don't know what a colonnade is. I don't even know what that is, amen. And I mean, listen, I, I don't know, Travis Trent may be singing up here Friday night, amen. But thank God there's some preaching been going on in these days. I'm just telling you, that's, hard, that's what ought to influence us, amen. 
Are you influencing people around you? That's exactly right. I mean, listen, why, why, why would I care? Why would I care what a basketball player has to say about some social injustice? Why would I care about it? Hey, listen now, let me give you something. He can slam a ball. The quarterback can throw the ball. He throws a ball for a living. Why would I care what he has anything to say about some social injustice? I mean, you're talking about some injustice, how you can make a gazillion dollars throwing a ball? I mean, you can make a gazillion dollars slamming a basketball. You can hit a grand slam and people will hoot and holler and carry on. I mean, get you to sign autographs and stuff like that. Uh, but you got an old time preacher that loves God, that tells you the truth. Praise God, you ought to be good to that man. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's right. Amen. Every one of us, we're continually bombarded by people and ideas trying to influence us. Whether it be commercials, whether it be advertisements, political ads, they're all meant to change us. I think we need something about us tonight. Say, so you know what? We got started out right, and by the grace of God, we're gonna end right. We're gonna keep it right. Praise God, we're gonna keep preaching out of King James Bible. We're still gonna sing the songs of Zion. We're still going back to man of God. We're still gonna keep it right at our church and not be influenced by the ways of the world. Amen. I'm just telling you, say, well, the whole world's going to be against you. No, we're against the whole world. Amen. Amen. You know, because Eve, listen, that's why we die. We have funerals because an individual, listen, uh, we get sick. We're missing folk today because somebody got influenced by the wrong influence. Amen. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. 2 Peter 3, 17, you therefore, beloved, seeing how you know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with their error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. Hey, listen, you don't have to be the top of an organization. You don't have to be the head hog at the trough. All you got to do is just keep chatter going. All you got to do is just get your platform. It's amazing to me how that people, I, I don't know what it is, but they want to feel relevant. They want to feel like that there's somebody. Hey, when you get saved by the grace of God, you become somebody. You ought not have to try to be influential or to try to get yourself a platform, amen. Let me say something too. If you're a young preacher in here, I tell you, God open a door for you, amen. God made a possum. He'll make a tree for him to climb up every once in a while. And if God's called you to preach, God will give you a place to preach. He will, amen. That's right. First of all, the influence of faith. I'm talking about the impact of influence. Verse number five, the influence of faith. The Bible said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in thee also. Now the word faith here, that's a conviction. That is something that is the truth of anything. I mean, because you have faith, what will you have faith in will affect your life, amen? It will affect every aspect of your life. And this faith that it's talking about, it's not talking about every faith, it is talking about Christianity. Now people say, 
say, well, y'all believe y'all are the only ones going to heaven. I'll tell you this, if you believe anything other than for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself since a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, then I don't want your ticket, amen. Praise God, I know the one. They gave me the faith and there's an agenda today. They want to change our perspective about Jesus. They say, well, my Jesus wouldn't say that. I'm like, well, yours mine because yours is an effeminate something, amen. I mean, they're trying to protect, and some of y'all, y'all got so hung up now about watching, I can't even remember what the name of it is, but some church down the road, they're showing it on Wednesday night, and if I could think of the name of it, I could tell it, but I don't want you watching it, amen. I listen, I can't think of the name of it, it'd be a good thing I can't. If somebody knows what I'm talking about, let's holler it out. They're chosen, that's exactly right, amen. I mean, listen, I'm talking about they got a hippie Jesus up there. Hey, man, you got an effeminate? Praise God, I tell you, when Jesus Christ dealt with sin, he went down to the house of God, he turned the tables over, he whipped up a message and said, you need to get right with God. Amen. They want to change our perspective of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, when doctrine goes bad, the hearts of the people, we're already tainted with a sin nature. And when doctrine goes bad, that's when everything begins to drift. That's when we become even more defiled. And our heart is desperately wicked. Thank God we need some doctrinal preaching because there is one faith, there is one body of truth that was proclaimed by the Lord Jesus Christ, passed on to the apostles, given to the new church, the New Testament church, and passed on to you and I today. I don't believe Baptists are the only ones going to heaven. And I know we don't have to be twins to be brothers, but there are some things that are worth standing for. I heard somebody say, well, one time, you know, Brother Andy, you do know that a conviction is something that you would die for. Well, that's sounding pretty good. That sounds pretty good. I, I got a conviction tonight that it's bad to smoke cigarettes. But if somebody put a gun to my head and said, uh, you gonna smoke this cigarette, I'm gonna blow your head off. Honey, you'd have to call the fire department. I'd have the smoke going so quick. I'm just telling you, fire it up, honey. I smoked a whole pack, amen. God, and pray to God. That's exactly, ain't that the truth? You hear these guys, they get up and they preach all of it. I'm like, you ain't worth it. You ain't, you're gonna die over that. But there are some things. I'm talking about God gave us the word of God. And I'm telling you, it is worth standing for. It is worth defending. It is worth knowing. It is worth learning. It is worth studying. Amen. It's worth it. By his own will, he beguiled us by the word of truth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And I know that woman wrote that book about purified seven times, and I'm not trying to pick a fight with nobody. I'm telling you, the word of God didn't need no purification. It came out right the first time, amen. It is God breathed, hallelujah. Brother Ellis preached on that, that's exactly right. 
This same word for faith that is found is also found in Jude verse 3, beloved. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. There are men that have lost their lives defending the truth of this book. There are people who have been martyred and sold asunder and torn apart by lines. And here we are in the house of God with copy after copy after copy of the word of God. Amen. I love the old Bible. Blessed old Bible. Light of my pathway to shine. It makes me so happy. Oh, I'm so happy. God's wonderful book divine. Amen. It's the faith that was once delivered. I'm not talking about picking a fight. And I'll tell you, God's dealt with me about certain things I've heard and they're right. I mean, listen, I'm not talking about picking a fight. And you can stand, you don't have to be arrogant about it. He don't have to be belligerent about it. But there are some things when it's talking about earnestly contending for the faith, that is something that you're vigorously defending, amen? And you know what he said? He said unfeigned faith. You know what that means? That means something that is real. Thank God I've got something that's real. It's not something that's been conjured up by some man somewhere. It is unfeigned faith. That is the real deal. That means faith without hypocrisy. And listen, we need, we're dealing with that and probably in every church in America. It's amazing to me how people, I mean, they ought to go to Hollywood because they'd make a whole lot of money out there, amen? I mean, listen, my preacher always said, I guess that's why them Hollywood actors, my actors make all that money because that acting must be hard work. He talked about unfeigned faith. That's without hypocrisy. That's being real, amen? That's not being a hypocrite. And some people have become professional Christians. I mean, listen, they never have no problem. You ever been around somebody like, well, how's everything going? Oh, hell, everything's going good. Everything's going great. Everything's wonderful. We don't have any problems here. Everything's going. I'm going to say, liar, liar, pants on fire, Amen. You're having problems just like every one of the rest of us is. That's why we need church. Amen. Without hypocrisy. You know, the Academy Award goes to Mr. Wigglejaw. Come on out. We got, hey, and that's the way it is. You come to me and you got your duds on. You got your clothes. I, I mean, got it right, you know, picking out these things, picking out that. Hey, we ought to get to the place where we know. You say, we know what? We need something real. Thank God we got something that is real, but let's not be hypocritical about it. He said, unfeigned faith. And people say, well, there's hypocrites around here. There is hypocrites probably. I mean, you get a crowd together like this. There's probably a couple of hypocrites in here. But praise God, I'd rather go to a meeting with a couple of them than die and go to hell with all of them. Amen. If you're saved by the grace of God, I've got what I've got, praise the Lord. It'll do with me when I get up in the morning. It's not something that is not real. It's something that is authentic because the world wants to see somebody and something that is real. If your faith won't get you, hey, I'm glad you're here for the Jubilee. But I praise God tonight, amen, that my faith get me out of bed on Sunday morning. It'll get me down to the house of God. It'll get me in Sunday school. It'll get me faithful. It'll get me to the church, amen. It'll get me in my Bible. Talking about something that is real. The influence of our faith. I'm talking about the impact of influence. The influence of our faith, the influence of our family. The Bible said, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois. Eunice's mom, Lois, had an influence on Eunice, who in turn had an influence on Timothy. And when the Bible said that dwelt, 
in thy mother, thy grandmother. It means it abided, it continued. And it was passed down from grandmother to mother and then to son. Thank God for godly grandmas, amen? I appreciate the fact of godly grandmothers that are still around. Hey, we like them, and we like them in our church. We, got, we like keeping them around. Let me say something. Listen, Mama, if God's blessed you with a good head of hair, gray hair, and you got it by way of righteousness, hey, listen, don't try to change it. Hey, listen, now let me say something, girls. Stay out of the tanning saloons. Mama, stay out of the tanning saloon. Mama, stay out of the tanning saloon. Amen. You're going to have to quit using lotion and start using saddle soap. Amen. Hey, if you, if, you, if you got a tan by hoeing out the beans, I mean, listen, picking up potatoes, that's good. But if you got to go, hey, I mean, listen, and some people's using that coloring and the inside of your fingers is orange. I mean, they are. I mean, listen, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting on to you. If that's something that you want to do, all right? But I'm not trying to get, really get on to you. I mean, I don't guess I am. Well, maybe I am a little bit. I'm just telling you, listen, my mama, my mama prayed me in. And she looked like mama. She wasn't, she wasn't trying to, look, I mean, they just so much, you can pull and tug. And now, these people right now, they, they got more plastic than DuPont. I'm not, I'm not making fun of nobody. I'm just being honest, am I not? Amen. If God's blessed you, amen. God bless you. God made you like you are. If God wants you to be different, he'll make you different, amen. I mean, listen, I, I'm talking about, I'm talking about our families. Thank God for families to serve God. You know what God wants to do in your life? Young man, God wants to send you a godly girl or you can have a godly family, have godly children, save godly people, put them in a godly church and help them be godly. How about the influence of family? Where, here's what I thought was good here. We understand the design of the Bible. The father is supposed to be, he's supposed to be by the Lord's design. He's supposed to be the spiritual leader of the home. And I wish I could say that it was always a perfect atmosphere. And I wish it was always mom and dad and the children. And they all ride into the house of God in a really nice vehicle. And they'd all get out and they'd all have their Easter outfits on every Sunday. And they'd all look perfect. But I'm telling you, that was not the way it was in Timothy's life. Timothy was mixed. Timothy was an outcast. Timothy's mama had to be the spiritual leader. Hey, I know what the Bible teaches and I know that's exactly what it says that a woman's place is in hope. But I'm telling you, sometimes mama has got to be the one to get the, to get the boy down at the house of God. Thank God mama loved God. Thank God mama loved God. And said, Timothy, I want you to love the Lord. I'm gonna teach you what the Bible says. Timothy got saved by the grace of God because he had a godly influence in his life. That's why it matters how you raise your children. And I'm not, a, I'm not a perfect daddy by any stretch of the imagination. But I tell you this, old boy, he didn't look like everybody else. He didn't dress like everybody else. And I, we ought to preach against sin and nail it down. But if you're going to have a church in 2023, I wish it was 1983 in some way aspects. Now, I'm glad we not didn't during that time because they didn't have high dollar air conditioners like we got. They didn't have Keurig coffee makers back then. I will say, I wish it was like that. It ain't like that no more. 
If you're going to have a church, you're going to have people in your church. And these people in here tonight, I guess, there's probably some people in here got tattoos. There's a guy in our town and they're hunting for a pastor and, and it, they're, they're not, they're, they're not uh, independent Baptists, but he's a, he's a friend of mine. And I, I was talking to him and he said, yeah, I said, we had one of the men in our church. He, we had a man in and he, and he really did a good job of preaching. But one of the men in church said, we don't want that boy because he's got tattoos. Now, that's before he got saved. Let me say this, if you got a tattoo and that's before you got saved, I mean, I can't, you can't do nothing about that. I guess you can, you can have that surgery to get it removed, but we ought not look down on somebody like that. I think you ought to preach against it. You ought to tell you, people don't get a tattoo. You're marking up the property of God and you don't belong to you no more. And plus, if you get a tattoo when you're 18 year old right here, it's gonna be on the back of your leg by the time you fit yourself. It is. I reckon, hey man, you got one on your arm. Hey, listen, eight people like that. They got one on the arm and it's 18, it said mom. I mean, now it says Man, You don't want that on you. But I, here's what he said. He said, and there's men in the church that don't want nobody coming that's got tattoos. Here's what I said. I hope y'all don't find fault in this. I said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. Tell them, every one of them, to send them down to Concord Baptist Church. Amen. We'll take them just like they are, but thank God Jesus won't leave them like he finds them. Amen. Hey, if you're looking, hey, if you look for everybody to dress right and look right, I mean, listen, I, I got three or four haircuts for I really got a good one. I mean, for I really got a good haircut. I kept on swinging a deal. <laughs> I mean, I kept on, and finally, I look at me now, amen. I look like, I look like I'm Jewish. I got one of them things on the back of my head there. Amen. I'm just telling you, hey, if, you, if you're gonna have a church, and you're gonna have one in 2023, 20, there's gonna be some things you're gonna have to deal with just like Timothy. But Timothy had a godly grandmother. Thank God for godly grandmas. I am a product, but let me say this tonight. You're praying for a wayward grandson. You're praying for a wayward son. And you're saying, preacher, it's not doing any good. Seems like the more I pray, the worse that it gets. I mean, as we've heard Brother Terry Ellis talk about that boy that smoked about half the New Testament, amen. You're gonna have to get the, you're gonna have to get CD or listen to that message. But I mean, listen, he, he didn't know a whole lot, but God did a work in his life. But I tell you, it's a whole lot better when you got somebody behind the scenes that's praying. And so you think, you think the devil's just about convinced you. You need to quit praying. He's not gonna get saved. I tell you, my grandmother was a Holy Ghost filled. Uh, she said she'd pray millennial. She'd probably just pan millennial. It's all gonna pan out one of these days. But she said she'd pray millennial. I tell you what she did. Praise God, she loved the Lord. She couldn't save Mephibosheth, but she'd follow the Holy Ghost of God. She had a prayer line. She knew God and she'd take me down to the corn crib and she'd put them arthritis hands on the top of my head as a little old toe-headed boy and she'd say, Lord, save Ranny. Lord, do a work on Ranny. God, save Ranny. I'm Ranny. And praise God, listen, she got, hey, she was somebody, she didn't care. We got now, hey, my grandma, honey, she had false teeth. She'd take them out, testify, put them back in and didn't worry about what you had to say about it. Now we've got everybody 
I mean, listen, you done got identified in this crowd. What you ought to do is quit trying to inspect and say, I wonder if this is real and that's real. Praise God, it's real. Jesus is real. Jesus will change. Jesus can save you. Jesus can change your life. Amen. I wonder how many godly grandmothers, how many godly mothers have made a difference in somebody's life. I tell you this, Timothy was from a divided family spiritually. But he followed the spiritual leadership that God in his providence put in his life. Young people, you ought to thank God. You got a godly influence in your life. You got a mom and dad that take you to church. You got a man of God that will preach the word to you. Hey, and he don't, he's not preaching hard because he don't love you. He's preaching hard to you because he does love you. And he wants to be a positive influence in your life. I'm talking about the impact of influence. Something else the influence of friends. And I, I'm not going to preach all of this because I, I know we've got another preacher coming. Second Samuel chapter 13, we read about the account of Amnon, firstborn king of David. We understand how Amnon had a friend that was not really a friend named Jonadab. Jonadab told him to do something that really probably was in his heart already. And he messed up. And he had a foolish friend. And I'll tell you, foolish friends will mess you up. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, Be not deceived, either communication corrupt good manners. But I will tell you this, a real friend will walk in when everybody else walks out. And here's what happened. And we look at the great apostle Paul. And we look at his life, we think about how God used him. But you know, Saul must have been, you're talking about physically, mentally, and emotionally spent. He had been breathing out threatenings against the people of God. In Acts chapter number nine, he got saved by the grace of God. He had traveled 120 miles, stopped. He was trying to persecute the church. He was breathing out threatenings against that, vehemently persecuting the church. He had spent his whole vigor, his whole life trying to attack the church, but he got saved. And you know what God did? The very first thing God did is God gave him a man. God gave him a friend. God gave him somebody that would stand in his stead. He gave him a man that would go in and say, I know that's what he was yesterday, but he's got what we've got. I'll tell you, every one of us in here tonight, we owe our lives to somebody who has influenced us in a positive way. I'm talking about friends that God put in your life. It is no accident that God put a preacher in your path. He put a Sunday school teacher in your path. He put somebody to love you and to nurture you and to help you. Thank God for friends tonight. Amen. You think about Barnabas that came into Saul's life. He was an advocate. He was a friend. And no doubt, Timothy, probably when Paul came and, and came into Lystra, the city where a mob dragged him outside the city and stoned him and left him for dead. That's where Timothy lived. And he probably was out there, and I don't know exactly how all this happened, but he listened to Paul preach, and his heart was drawn to God. And I tell you what God did. God put friends in Paul's path. God put friends in Timothy's path. Put a man of God in his path. I'll say this tonight. I won't say this, Brother Ricky. I thank God for you. Amen. If I wasn't so fat, I'm afraid I wouldn't get up out of your shoes tonight. If God's my witness, I would. Hey, you know, as, as we go on and as time goes on, Brother Hanks, I, I want to thank God for you. And even you pastor 30 minutes for me, I'm your friend. And you know that. I mean, we, we're friends. Avery, I mean, we got people in here, and, and I'm not talking about yoking up, and I'm not talking about ecumenicalism, and I hope y'all understand that. I know that. Well, I'm going to say something right now. I've got friends in this building, and I hope, I hope that because as the time goes on, 
And as you already see, there is a great division of people who used to be old-fashioned. They came in meetings just like this and they shouted, amen. And now, now they are far, they're doing a disclaimer on everything that they used to trumpet. They're doing a disclaimer on that. We need to stick together. We need to pull for one another. I mean, listen, I'm talking about in these days, just, just stick in there. Just get behind the men of God. Scotch the preacher. Scotch the people of God. Pick out somebody and be nice to you. Introduce yourself to somebody. I know Brother Fuller may not have the personality like some people have. So I'll tell you what, Brother Fuller, I'll help you out. It's Brother Tim Fuller right here. You introduce yourself to him. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about friends tonight. Thank God for friends. Brother Eric. That preached my first meeting. And I, I listen, y'all got to understand. It, ever how many people's here or not, this is just, I, we just, it's just us. Whether there's 10 or a thousand or however how many, it's just us. You understand? Brother, Rick, I, uh, Brother Ricky, I remember, and, and I, you, you and Brother Kate preached on the, the great, you, you preached on the grace of God. You got grace for every trial, grace for every temptation, grace for, you know, you went through, you know, 20 T's and, 44 B's and seven, you know, seven X's. I mean, I don't know. X-rays, about the only thing I've got. Brother, he can pull out all kinds of stuff. And men that I've met. Brother Eric preached my first meeting with Brother Eric Brown. Amen. Brother John? Brother John? <laughs> 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 that Brother John Morgan is my good friend. My good friend. Amen. Brother Chad, uh, other people that's in the building tonight, it's made a difference. You've made a difference in my life and you don't even know it. You've had an impact in my wife's life, in my children's life. Brother David, you've got, Brother Sexton, you've got people that are here, you've got young people that are here that have had an impact in my children's life. But we'd have never had those friends had we not met the friend. Amen. Had we not met Jesus Christ, we would not be together in this format tonight, gathered like we are tonight. Thank God I have found a friend in Jesus who is everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Thank God for the friend, the Lord Jesus Christ, that will stick with you through thick and thin. But sometimes we need someone that's tangible. Sometimes we need someone, Brother Green, that we can just call. And it'll be honest with us. Not tell us what we want to hear. Tell us what we need to hear. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to hurry. Praise God for the people the Lord has led us associate with. Something else, the influence of fear. This is not a person. This is the passion. The influence. I'm talking about the impact of influence. The Bible said, verse 7, For God had not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Our nation is dominated by fear. And our churches began to be dominated by fear. Somebody was preaching about the leper the other day. They was preaching about the leper. Had to, ha had to wear the mask on. I was like, they had masks way back in. They made them wear it. Going through unclean, unclean. I tell you, if I never see, if I never see another mask, amen, unless it's a doctor bringing me one of my grandbabies, amen. If I never see another mask again, I tell you what we did, we didn't know what to do. You know, pre I preached against drive-in services and had them. We know what to do. 
But I want to thank God tonight, amen, that we're not tuned in to some little old FM transmitter that they gouged us with and paid $750 for the thing that's worth $7.99. And listen to it and tune your radio down to 88.9 FM. And we all sitting out in the parking lot. Everybody got mad and said, Brother Randy, tell them to quit blowing their horns. I'm like, praise God. Hey, listen, I'll take somebody blowing their horn because that means somebody's there. Because I remember going to church and there wasn't nobody there. Amen. And preaching, I mean, listen, trying your best. Hey, it was dead. And finally, finally, we was like, look, forget about it. And I'm not trying to be boastful or whatever, but I'm telling you, if I can go down to the liquor store, if I can go to the VFW and the Juke Joint and Walmart and Home Depot, praise God, we should have church. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. That's easy down here in the buckle of the Bible belt. It's a little bit different out west. Amen. That's why I have respect for somebody like that. Hey man, that'll just stand and, and you know, just stand. <laughs> the influence of fear. A lot of people are influenced by that. Most of the time our fears are a result of wrong things. We're just not thinking right. Hey man, the influence of fear. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. And I'll tell you the influence of the future. Verse 12, and I'm done. He said, and he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that. Day. You know what should influence us? Is that day could be today. Just any day now, the Lord is coming. He'll be returning for you and me. You know, the average adult spends 12% of the day thinking about the future. That's roughly one out of every eight hours people are thinking about the future. You know what should motivate us tonight and what should influence us and how that we should be impacted by the fact Time is running out. Brother Fuller today preached about telling people about the Lord. And I know people say, well, I don't like, you know, I don't like the way they're doing it. I don't like their visitation. I don't like the way they visitation. I don't like the way they're doing their visitation. Well, I like the way we're doing it better than the way you're not doing it. Man. I mean, listen, do something. Praise God, knock on the door and tell somebody about Jesus. You say, I don't know how to witness. Go find your beggar and tell them where the bread's at. Go find somebody that's thirsty for living water and tell them where they can get a drink. Amen. That day, we're running out of time. If you people say, well, I'm, I'm waiting on things to get better. I'm waiting on things to get better. It's probably not going to get better on this side of eternity. But I tell you, one of these days, one of these days, it will be worth it all. Amen. That day should influence us to go out and tell people about Jesus, to get involved in your church, and to understand the importance of being an epistle known and read of all men. That's why it does matter where you go, how you act, what you look like, how you talk, and how you carry yourself because you are influencing somebody in your life. Richard's asked me to give an invitation. Let's everyone stand. I thank God tonight for a praying grandmother who knew the Lord. We go pick up people, and I'm sure you do it in your church as well. They don't have an influence at all. The only godly influence that they have at all is you, a van driver or a bus driver or a Sunday school teacher. 
Y'all thank God for that tonight if you're a young person. We know a whole lot of things going on in this world and we're influencing that generation. We're influencing people whether we think we are or not. That's why that when a preacher gets up and preaches, I have been smoked by the Spirit of God by things that I've said. Because I'm like, man, I hope, I hope some young preacher don't go out and say what I just said. That's why we need to be very, very careful with what we say, how we say it, how we react. I can't remember who it was. It was Brother James Jones. I think it was. Somebody he was preaching for, and they said, as a 12-year-old boy, Brother James Jones was the only man that had time for me. So these young people that's walking right on by, these young ladies that's trying to do right, let's be that mentor for them. Let's be that one that takes them under arms and say, listen, buddy, it's all going to be all right. Stick with your preacher. Stay with the man of God. People are praying. You may need to come tonight.